Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Engineering Student Experience Podcast. I'm Paul Nissenson from the Mechanical Engineering Department at Cal Poly Pomona. Last year in 2022, there were about 1.3 million active duty military personnel in the U.S. Armed Forces. People joined the military for a variety of reasons. Some join out of a sense of patriotism or for adventure. Some join to escape their current situation or to gain a sense of purpose in life. Some join for financial reasons to have access to veterans' benefits. And one commonly used benefit is the GI Bill, which helps veterans pay for college or vocational training. After completing an initial service commitment with the military, which in the U.S. usually lasts around four to six years, some veterans will pursue a college degree. And in this episode, we're going to explore what it's like to be a veteran who also is an engineering student. Joining me today are Elizabeth Sanchez, who goes by the nickname Ellie, and Esteban Alderete, both of whom who spent about half a decade in the Marine Corps prior to becoming an engineering student. Ellie and Esteban discuss why they joined the Marine Corps and describe the experiences of what it was like during active duty service. They also share how they transitioned back to civilian life and, eventually, found their way to becoming engineering students here at Cal Poly Pomona. As you'll hear, Ellie and Esteban provide a pretty realistic view of what life in the military is like, both the good and the bad. They discuss some of the advantages of being a veteran, such as access to government benefits and services available on campus. And finally, they provide advice for people who are thinking about joining the military and advice for veterans who are considering pursuing an engineering degree one day. I really enjoyed talking to Ellie and Esteban, and I hope you enjoy the conversation too. All right, well, I'm here with uh, Esteban Alderete and Elizabeth Sanchez, uh, both of whom are engineering students and both are veterans. Esteban is an aerospace engineering major, a U.S. Marine Corps vet, and also was in the California Army National Guard. And uh, Elizabeth also was a, is a Marine Corps veteran and uh, industrial engineering major. So uh, first of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to, to sit down and have this conversation. Sure. Oh, thank you for having it with us. Well, you guys have the distinction of being the earliest episode I've ever recorded. Uh, they, were, they were kind enough to come in at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, that was the only common time that we could find. So thank you so much um, for giving up your time like that. Now we're going to get into what it's like to be a veteran uh, engineering student uh, soon. But I think it would really help the listeners to give a little bit of context about you know, where you're coming from. So uh, you know, maybe a good place to start would be high school. Tell us a little bit um, you know, about what high school was like for you. Did you know that you wanted to enter the armed services at that time? Or did you know that you wanted to be an engineering student at that time? Yeah, I think like everybody in public school in Fontana, I hated school. And um, the Marine, everybody that gets asked this question kind of has like their, their stereotypical answers and they're all true. And, but for me, I think it was mainly the, uh, I don't know, it just kind of called me, the, the Marine Corps specifically, not the military. And there was a lot of other circumstances that kind of made it a natural course. You know, I hated school. I still do. Um, 
I hit it more now, actually, but <laughs> now I'm a little bit more dedicated to uh, the end goal that I'm trying to get to. Yeah. Was there anything particular about the Marine Corps versus the other branches? No, like I said, there's there's like the typical answers. The, the you get that adventure and you get to make really close friends and and just in general, you get to do things that you're not going to do anywhere else. And you get the the education benefits; those are good. Um, these things are all true, and I was aware about them, but it just I don't know. It's it's something that I can't put my finger on. I didn't want to join any other branch. If the Marine Corps would have turned me away for whatever reason, I would have, you know, figured it out from there. Yeah. So uh, for, for some of the listeners who might not know what those educational benefits are, uh, what are they? Um, well, you get free tuition while, you, while you're active in the military. After two years, you're, you're able to apply for, I think they call it tuition assistance or something where they pretty much just pay up to a cap um, and it's a pretty decent cap. And then when you get out, you could opt into a couple of different GI bills. Most people nowadays do the post 9-11 GI bill. And essentially the way that works is you get a, a, again, you get fees and tuition paid up to a certain cap. And then on top of it, you also get a monthly housing allowance that's based on area code or zip code. So at that time, did you think there was any chance that you'd be an engineering student at some point? No. Okay. No, especially being in, being in school, I, uh, I hated math. I think everybody hates math when, when you're a kid, you know? And I didn't think I was any good at it. Yeah, well, you wind, you wind up in aerospace, so. Yeah, I picked a good one, didn't I? <laughs> okay, how about you, Ellie? What was, what was high school like for you, and when did you uh, decide to, to join the Marine Corps? Um, I was a fairly good student. I think I graduated, like, 3.6 and above in my class. Um, there was, like, a little special section, because I also went to public school um, in Gardena, and we had, like, a little section that was business-focused. So we were like a little business academy within our public school. Um, and I thought I'd, they pushed us to go to college, but I didn't think I would go to college. I didn't think that I was smart enough because, again, public school, um, LAUSD sucks. And I didn't have like math teachers and science teachers all through middle school. So a lot of the stuff that we were learning in high school was kind of like I didn't have that connection. Um, so even though I did get good grades and I did well in my SATs and stuff like that, I just didn't think that I was going to be able to cut it in university. Um, that and I w was very active in extracurricular activities. So I joined the Explorer program, the Sheriff's Explorer program. And then from there, um, I went into like Double Pups, which is like a 10-day leadership camp uh, ran by Marines in Pendleton. And so once I did that, I was like, oh, like, I want to be a Marine. I saw the female Marines and I was like, that's pretty badass. <laughs> um, and I think it's just something that calls to you. I honestly also can't put a, my finger on it. It's just like, there's just this point. If you know, you know. I just, yeah. you just know. Somebody talked to me the other day and they were like, oh, I'm in college and I want to join the, the Marine Corps. And I was like, why? And she said, oh, you get the education and you get this brotherhood or this and that. 
And I was like, yeah, but you get that with any other branch. And I was like, why? And she said, my girlfriend is a Marine. And I was like, girl, you got a rough life ahead of you. You do this. Because everybody's just miserable all the time. And if you join for the wrong reason, I mean, I think that that amplifies the feeling even more. Like there was dudes that are, that are like literally they were like, oh, I joined so I could have money for college. And I'm like, dude, like you couldn't go like Boeing will give you freaking uh, not, not everybody could work for a big company. But like a lot of companies now do some sort of um, tuition assistance program, you know, and and like I said, when it when it gets rough, those people had it the worst. They were always miserable. Yeah, and if, well, if you go to a public university like a, like a, any Cal State, but you know Cal Poly Pomona, for example, the the amount of debt that you're going to come out with is probably if you, if you get a good paying industry job, you'll probably pay it off pretty quickly. If if you if you work, are in engineering, right? So yeah, so I'm just saying that the the, the money yeah wouldn't be necessarily the best reason to to join something like the Marine Corps. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. So you both went right out of high school mm -hmm. into the Marine Corps, right? Yep. Okay. And um, so c can you uh, describe a little bit about what your experience was like? You know, how many years were you in the Marine Corps? What kind of places did you see? What kind of jobs did you do? Um, and then eventually, why did you uh, decide to leave? So I was in for four years active duty. Um, I was a field radio operator and I was stationed in Okinawa for two years with the 31st MU Marine Expeditionary Unit. That's what it stands for. And I went all over the Asian, Asian Pacific, Asia. All over the Pacific? Yeah, all over the Pacific. There <laughs> yeah. we go. Um, I went to like the Philippines, Thailand, Hong Kong, Australia, just all over um, doing different operations, multinational operations. Um, we were also like the response teams to like um, I don't know if you recall in 2013 there was a like big earthquake in the Philippines so we responded to that. Um, that was a lot of fun and a lot of work. I think uh, that was probably next to college. That was probably like the least I've ever slept in my life. Um, from there I was transferred. So when you go and do like tours somewhere else or what they call tours. Um, you spend two years there and then you'll get transferred if you're single if you're married you'll be there for like three years um, just so that they get more out of their money so i came back to the states i was in pendleton for about six months and then i was uh again like deployed as an individual augmentee um to the horn of africa in djibouti and i was there for six months and then i came back and i got out uh, since I was in comms, so a lot of the, the things that I did revolved comms. So it revolved around like crypto and setting up communications, whether that was like um, radio, which is what my specialty was in, radio frequency, um, or helping people that were like wire people program the telephones or helping um, like what they call the data marines uh, set up the computers um, to provide that support for our battalion and other battalions. Um, yeah, I would say I had a lot of fun <laughs> doing those things. Sometimes it did get rough, but, you know, it's, I think it's part of like the fun. Like it being sucky is part of what makes it good. Mm. So did you, did you feel like it, was, it gave you like a lot of meaning and purpose? 
to, I mean, you're talking about, for example, helping out people in the Philippines mm -hmm. during a disaster. Um, what was that experience like? Um, actually, my ship didn't get to get out, oh, but okay. the other <laughs> ships did. Um, and honestly, when I was in, I didn't think about that, if mm -hmm. I'm going to be yeah, yeah. frank. I didn't really think about how what I did would help others because it, I honestly did enjoy the Marine Corps for other people. I joined it for myself. And because it was something that I just felt like I had to do for my life. So I never thought like, oh, I'm doing this great thing for somebody else. It was like, oh, I'm doing this cool thing. You know, like it was never like, like, obviously they tell you we're going to help so-and-so or we're going to do this to make this better or whatever. But to me, it was just like, oh, I'm getting to ride on a helicopter today or like, oh, I'm getting to you know, get this cool, like, trip into the Philippines jungle or something. It wasn't never like, oh, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to save these kids from a burning building. I was like, oh, I'm going to go out there and, you know, do this thing. Like, that has really no connection to somebody else, even though it actually does. Did, did you ever consider staying longer than those four years? Or after four years, was that, was that enough? No, I did, actually. I wanted to stay in for longer. I actually wanted to be a drill instructor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but life happens, and it's like you just sometimes... You do have agency in life, but, you know, stuff happens. So not everything worked out um, the way it had to. Like I said, I was uh, sent away or attached to a different unit my last six months, and during that transfer some paperwork got lost and uh, I wasn't able to re-enlist. Oh, okay. But. How about you Esteban? What was your experiences like and why did why did you eventually uh, leave the Marine Corps? Oh why did I leave? Well, we didn't you didn't talk about that but we'll get to that. Um <laughs> so yeah so I, what was your experience like? I joined I joined right out of high school as well. And um funny story normally you get a four year contract and I was like really desperate to leave. Like I want to get out of my house tomorrow. And so I walked into the recruiting station and they gave me like their whole sales pitch. And I was like, you don't got to convince me. Like just where do I sign? And he was like, we're going to look for an opening. And at the time there was like a lot of unemployment and whatnot. So it gets weird when, when stuff like that is going on. There's like lines outside of the recruiting stations because everybody wants a paycheck. So they actually were turning people away. Like, oh, we have too many people. And I was like, damn. So uh, eventually they called me and they were like, hey, we got this spot that we think you're a good fit for because you, you scored pretty well on the ASVAB. It's, a, uh, it's for an aviation maintenance spot. And I was like, cool. And they were like, oh, there's just one little, one little catch. And I was like, what's that? And they were like, your schooling is long, so you got to do a five-year contract instead of a four. And my 17-year-old brain thought about it for like 10 seconds. <laughs> and I signed off another year for free. I gave it to him. I didn't even think about it. And then fast forward four years to the day that I would have been getting out. And I was like, damn, I have another year to go. And I gave it to him in like 10 seconds of thinking. Anyway, so they got me on contract. Did like the whole initial training pipeline. And then went to Pensacola, Florida for the Naval Aviation maintenance i forgot what it's called it's the marine corps and navy in one school and they teach you whatever it is that you're going to be doing um when you get to the job or the fleet they call it and then from there i went to 
uh, Iwakuni, Japan. And like she was saying, it's a lot of work and not a lot of sleep. And it's the best possible life that you could possibly have if you're <laughs> 18 or 19 years old and, and without a, uh, if you're not married and you don't have kids, I don't think there's anything that you could do that's better than that. You're essentially living with carbon copies of yourself, right? Everybody kind of has the same reasons to be alive. You guys do the same job. You live in a, in a giant, awful building together. And um, any chance you get, you party like an animal. Yeah, whatever happens in college dorms, I'm pretty confident that, that, the, that the Marine Corps does it better. Is that the question? What, was that? <laughs> what am I talking about? Oh, and why did I get out? Yeah, yeah. So it's so great. Uh, why, why did you end up uh, leaving? Like she said, it's great in, in like a weird sense. Like we get, I don't know, we, we become like kind of addicted to the suffering. You get really close with people that way. People that you suffer with, you get like this intimate friendship that you're, you just can't find anywhere else even closer than than literally blood related you know brothers and sisters you get a different kind of bond with them but then uh yeah there's a lot of nonsense that comes with it the, the military in general and then again the marine corps is even better at it there's a lot of playing games and um mass punishment was a big one for me there's always bad apples and then in any government organization it's impossible to fire people right so you can't get rid of them and then they say like you're the unit is only as good as the lowest common denominator and the lowest common denominator is very low in a, in a lot of cases and then everybody has to pay for for their mistakes you know like for example um something as simple as like cleaning your room you're expected to clean your room like meticulously every thursday and then on friday you get inspected Friday comes around and like higher ups are going through rooms um, and they find a, a, a disgusting room. Somebody didn't even bother and they were partying. So that guy's going to be there Friday night to clean and to get reinspected on Saturday. But so is his his corporal, his sergeant, you know. And uh, and so now th this guy, which one day turned into me, you know, is is canceling plans with family so that they could go babysit a full-grown man to clean the room. And that's, that's on the low end of it, and then it only gets worse from there. That's one example of uh, something that I didn't want to deal with. So uh, when you left, um, I know Esteban joined the, you know, the California Army National Guard. Uh, yeah. And, and Ellie did not. So I'm just curious why, why you both chose that direction. I got out, I had like a, almost a year break in service and I got the spicy sadness. Yeah, I went from, like I said, living with, with the best people that I've known in the world and, and working on these majestic beasts of uh, fighters the last year that I was in to like, I get out and I have a little bit of money so I could kind of relax and figure out what I want to do. But now like I wake up and everybody's scattered to their own job and you don't see your friends anymore and I got a job as a welder and they were like oh man they they pay you well starting off you got paid that and it was just the most mundane point like a pointless existence 
Are you coming from the Marine Corps to that? Yeah. So then I got so then I got the nostalgia and I started remembering like what it was like. I'll rose too, huh? Yeah, you forget. <laughs> it's like a bad relationship. You start forgetting about all the all the nonsense and you just remember like the highlights. And I was like, damn. And I have a friend that was um also a Marine veteran and also in the guard. And he's like, Oh, we just got activated for like we got riots going on, we got wildfires, COVID relief. Like you got we're doing all this stuff. And by the way, we get paid for it. Like we get paid the pay is just different. Like when you get activated in that sense, they give you all these incentive pays. And I was like, Oh, that sounds nice. I'm gonna do that. I'll give it a try. And it turned out to be the I'll do another five years in the Marine Corps before I do another one year in the National Guard. That was a bad time. So, Ellie, why did you not join something like the the National Guard? Because uh, I just knew. <laughs> <laughs> you already knew what's up. I already knew what was up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, when I was in Djibouti, I worked with reservists. So I worked with different reservists. I worked with Marine Corps reservists. I worked with Army reservists. I worked with Navy reservists. And one, I'm a Marine. You know, like I'm, I. I don't know how to put it, but I would get it in. Like, I'm going to call you out. Like, we're going to get our job done. Like, it, we're going we're gonna to get things handled. <laughs> right? And so just that experience was crazy to me. Um, there were fat people. And, I mean, I'm tonky now. But when I was in, it was, I was serious. You know, I ran 300 PFTs, which is our um, – physical fitness test. Yeah, it's part of your responsibility, mm -hmm. it's part of your job. It's part of your job, it's part of being a Marine. So to me, it was crazy. Like we had fat soldiers, we had fat Marines. Like, I'm like, what is this? Like, how do you do your job? You can't even talk on the radio without like, you know, like <laughs> get out of here. Um, and just like the pride in like the uniform and stuff like that. Like, I wouldn't say that I always had like, the, the sharpest uniform or anything like that, but I definitely took pride in making sure that um, I didn't look like trash. I definitely took pride in making sure that my hair looked good when I was in uniform or that um, I was being presentable. So it was just, I just knew that's not the life for me. I'm going to hate my life if I join and they're gonna hate me because I'm gonna let them know that they suck. <laughs> So uh, Esteban was uh, experimented with being a welder for a while. What did you do when you immediately um, left the, the Marine Corps? I think for me, um, just a little, I guess, backstory to kind of understand. Like, I'm an only kid, so um, I feel like a lot of responsibility for my parents. And so getting out, it wasn't something that I necessarily planned. It was like... Maybe I kind of find out like maybe three months before getting out. So I didn't have that like super comfy like cushion to come back to. Right. Um, I kind of felt like the pressure. Like I obviously I did have savings because I wasn't a total like um, irresponsible person. But there are people that um, spend their whole paycheck right away. So, I mean, that wouldn't have been so unusual for a Marine. <laughs> but um when I came back, like maybe during uh, terminal leave. So terminal leave is um, when you have like days saved up for your vacations, you get like 2.5 days every month. 
So because we're working all the time and um, we're getting like sent places, we don't always get to take those days off. Um, so when I got out, I got out with like 30 days. <laughs> so I was able to have a month. And actually, I probably got out with more because I had like a month of terminal leave and then I got paid out some days too. So um, as soon as I got out, I was like, okay, I need a job. So maybe like a week of being home, I got a job in LA Fitness. Um, I feel like they lied to me because I thought I was going to be like the little people who punch people in, you know, like, <laughs> like good morning, good workout. Oh, they had me selling memberships. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it so much. Um, I did pretty good. I almost broke commission my first little paycheck, but I was like, this is not, I don't like talking to random people. I, I mean, you've seen me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you're like you're not the person to be selling things. you're not customer service that's for sure <laughs> um so then after that i was like okay this isn't what i want right so i left and because i was still on terminal leave i was able to get um, unemployment like when i did get out of the military so like a month later um and then from there i just started like hustling like i was applying for jobs like three jobs a day and then once I started applying for jobs and I started getting interviews I was going to like two interviews a day so it was like all right we're serious like we need to make sure we get a job or I get a job right um and I actually my first official job that I count would be Roland Heights they hired me as a secretary to substitute so I was working in their like finance department and I was like the little assistant to the accounting accountants um, like I managed the books for them and then from there LA County called me and they were like hey we have a position as like a eligibility worker which is a welfare worker um, and they, they're the ones that either do the intake process to see if you're eligible for like GR, CalFresh um, or like the family stuff and or they maintain your cases right so um, from there I did that for about eight months and the program that I went into was uh, it's a VIP, so it's veteran internship program. So it was open for veterans, but we got paid minimum wage, right? So I would think I was at the time I was getting paid like twelve dollars an hour, and um, I was doing working the same hours, um, doing the same exact job. And the other people they had a degrees, so they were getting paid like twenty eight, thirty, thirty three. So you know, there was a big gap. And after six months, we were allowed to apply for an actual position. So I wouldn't have like that VIP title anymore. Um, and I would get like the regular pay. And when I did, they told me it was too soon to apply. But everybody, a part of my little cohort, had already gotten that like promotion. And so I was like, okay, I'll wait. So then I waited about a month. And then they were like, oh, now you're too late. Now the position's closed. Right. And I was like, okay, cool. So from there, I was like, if, um, you know, they're not going to help me or like aid me in this movement. Um, I know that I'm a good worker. I know that I work hard. I know that I don't really complain when I'm at work. And I know that if you need me to stay late, I'll stay late. If you need me to come early, I'll come early. Like I'm a, I think that's the one thing about the Marine Corps. It teaches you how to be a team player when it comes to getting stuff done. Like you're like, oh, that needs to get done. Okay, I'm going to do it. So I was I started looking into different benefits. And so one thing that um, Esteban didn't mention is that if when you get out, you can get rated for disability. 
right? So it depends. Um, you do have to make sure you go to the doctor because they need proof that these things happened to you while you were in. But once that happens and you're rated, then another kind of little field opens up for you and it's called vocational rehab. And so when you get vocational rehab, the BAH or stipend you get for living isn't as much. But if you have your GI Bill, then you get the stipend from the GI Bill, but you're not using the GI Bill, you're using the voc rehab. And so I applied for that program. And I think um, I applied for that program and I advocated for myself. Um, he said they weren't going to approve it. And I was like, uh-uh, like, nope. So I was able to get it and then at the time, I was like, okay, well, if I'm in school for X amount of years, I'm not going to be able to get a house because um, they don't count that income as mm-hmm. um, a pliable income to, uh, for a home loan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a house like right at that time. So I was working at, the, at LA County and I was like, okay, well, I'm getting these extra expenses, right? Like the moving expense, buying new furniture. Um, I'm going to start going to school. So I need a bigger cushion. So I got a seasonal job at Best Buy. So I was working at um, LA County and Best Buy. And then from there, um, I started school. I quit the county. And yeah, we're here now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so for what, when did you decide that I want to go to school for, you know, industrial engineering well uh, at what time did, did you know that you want to do that earlier and you're just looking for the right opportunity when did you decide yeah I'm gonna go I'm gonna pursue that um well I didn't want to squander the opportunity I had made for myself so that's also why I didn't go to school right away like right after I got out and so I'm like okay well I have this opportunity and these oppor- not everybody gets this, right? Not everybody gets their school paid for with a stipend to live off of. So I don't want to squander that. Um, and so I, I took that time to think about what did I enjoy? Because I love being in the Marine Corps. What did I enjoy from that? Like, what, was my, what were my favorite parts from that? And um, from there, I really liked how dynamic it was, how one day you could be on a boat and then the next day you're in the desert, the next day you're in a jungle, but you're doing different things and you're, you know, have different groups, but you're all working together and you can be working on different sites, but all towards one mission. And I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed planning for that. I really enjoyed executing that. So after I kind of got those things down that I really enjoyed about the Marine Corps, then I also looked into like okay well where would I want to work at like so I would have this thing where I've always wanted to work at Disney or for Disney so um I googled uh Disney's leadership and I looked at their degrees and so a lot of their degrees that either undergrad or their graduate degrees were industrial engineering and then I looked at other companies that I don't really remember what they were because they weren't that important to me I just knew that they had big names um and they would probably pay me well eventually. So, and they also had industrial engineering um, as either their undergrad or their graduate degrees. So then from there, I was like, okay, this, this looks interesting. I've never heard of this. I Googled it and it kind of matched up to um, what I really liked about the Marine Corps. So I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And <laughs> here we are today. <laughs> yeah. And so Esteban, it sounds, I mean, you were an aviation mechanic. You also did you know, welding and stuff. So... Uh, it sounds like maybe you were kind of leaning toward aerospace 
as, a, as an interest? Or, or at what point did you decide, hey, I want to go to college for aerospace engineering? Yeah, I had a, um, I had a really good leader at, at the last unit I was in. Um, he was the, the aviation maintenance officer. And when you're going to get out, there's like this little separation training. And you have to tell them your plan because they don't want you to just get out and like freaking be sad and lonely like me and go <laughs> rob a bank or something. They want you to have like a, a viable plan. So most people just lie to them. And that's what I did. I lied to them. And I was like, oh, don't worry, sir. I'm, I'm going to go to um, I'm going to go to college and this and that. And he was like, what are you going to go to college for? And I was like, uh, engineering, because it just sounded good. And he was like, are you sure? It's a lot of math. It's really hard. I'm actually an engineering major. And I was like, hmm, you're the AMO and you're an, you're an aerospace engineering major and you have a sick job. And then it just kind of like, I forgot about it, but it, it lived in the back of my head. And then fast forward a year, maybe a year and a half. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, I can't wait to get out of the National Guard. And what am I going to do after? I miss, you know, the... I miss the fighter jets, really. Just to be clear, like I, I didn't drive them or anything, but they were just something to behold and just having anything to do with that process. Like I was really proud of that. And I'm like a mechanic, you know, I like cars and motorcycles and this and that. I like gadgets. So that's probably like the top of the pyramid of as far as gadgets, man-made gadgets go. So I was like, you know what? Um, I remember looking at some of these things and the way they were designed when I was in, and I was like, sure, they're special, but they're definitely made by people. Like, they have flaws like everything else, you know? Like, an army of geniuses did not make this aircraft. And I was like, if whoever that guy is that messed this stupid thing up, I was like, I could probably do that job. <laughs> so I gave it a try, and I went to community college, and I took a math class, and just to see if I could, because like I cheated my way through high school, you know, like I scammed the heck out of every class in high school just to get out. And I was like, I don't even know if I could do this. And so, yeah, I took trig and just applied myself. And I was like, OK, I guess I'm going down this road. And then I set up, you know, a, a plan with Chafee College and then looked at some schools that had good programs. And then here we are. So overall, how has uh, school been for you so far? And um, do you think that, the, that the, your military experience has helped you in any way? Um, I mean, the obvious thing would be maybe a better discipline or something like that. But do you think that there's any traits that you picked up from um, spending five years in the Marine Corps that has helped you? Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It's like this. Um, it's competitive, so you, you, you don't want to be a loser, you know? That being an aerospace engineering major? Well, well, aerospace too, but just being in the military is very competitive. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, you, you'll just wither up and, and kind of fade into irrelevancy if, if you're not good at what you do. So I think that stuck around. And then when, when I went to college, I was like, damn, I'm like five years older or six years or seven years older than all these kids. Like, I, I better be like, you know, at the top of the heap. So I was like secretly competitive and, and just trying to do 
really good at at everything that I could. And then I thought back at like some of the nonsense they made us do for months on end, like sometimes for months on end every single day. And I was like, if I could do that, I could probably sit in like a comfy chair with some AC and snacks and study. Easier said than done. I would say it's extremely underrated how difficult it is. Um, for engineering, at least, I don't know. I can't speak on anybody else, but the AMO was right. He was like, when he said that um, school of engineering is difficult, like that was an understatement for sure. But you, Ellie, has school been like for you so far? And can you see any of your experiences in the Marine Corps influencing how you've been a student? Honestly, no. <laughs> I feel like I don't have discipline anymore. <laughs> I feel like after going into the military, I'm like, ah, it's not that serious. You know, like a lot of, I mean, obviously with school, I'm like, no, yeah, I have to do it. Like I said, I don't want to squander opportunities. Um, but I feel like I'm more lax in the way I approach life. Like, I, mm, yeah, it's probably not that serious. So, <laughs> um, so it's probably not a good <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that's, that's, that's the wrong outlook. No, 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 that's, that's an interesting perspective. Uh, I mean, when, fire you're, me. <laughs> when you're dealing with things where you have decisions that could impact people's lives directly, like significantly and versus, oh, uh, I'm going to take a quiz in some class, right? I mean, those are very different. Like um, if things go wrong, the, the consequences are very different, right? right. <laughs> it's um, true. Yeah. Um, the stakes are definitely higher in the military, but uh, there's like layers of security mm -hmm. and and it's like a group thing and it's really difficult for year one mess up to really impact overall. And then when you get out, like you're on your own and nobody babies you and nobody double checks your work. And if you fail, you just fail on your own. So there's that. But I don't know, I guess it just doesn't stress you out that much. I d well, okay, so let me, like, not present something that's not accurate. Like, exams really do stress me out because I'm like, oh, I have to pass my class because, you know, the military or the VA is not going to pay for me to just keep retaking classes. Like, it is definitely a pressure to, like, okay, this is, like, my livelihood, right? This is how I pay my bills, so I have to make sure that I do do that. But... In terms of like other things like presentations, I'm like, it's they not that deep. No, nah, it's not that deep. Like I'm good. You, if I stutter, it's alright. Like I'm not gonna die. You know, like I'm just. It's not that big of a deal. Like uh, if I um, get to class late, also I'm like, <laughs> I'm here. You know, I made it. We here. <laughs> We're learning. <laughs> Not, not stressing. Sorry. I, I, I think <laughs> but, a lot. I think a lot of students would are very would be very jealous of your uh, ability to give speeches or talks without being too stressed out. That's probably mm -hmm. the, the one thing that would stress most students and most even non students. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so things like that they just don't really stress me out. Um, my, the quality of my work does stress me out, but that's always, you know, you want to make sure that um, th that wasn't even like a Marine Corps thing, though. That was something my mom taught me is that, that your work speaks for, for you. It's a representation of you. So if I turn in bad work, then, you know, that's a reflection of myself. 
Um, so I don't know if we're victims to our own scrutiny. Yeah, absolutely. If I if I fail a class, nobody cares. I'll just take it again. Like literally, nobody's gonna care. My girlfriend, my mom, my teachers, nobody's gonna care at all. But I'm gonna care. I'm gonna go home feeling like a loser. I'm like, damn, I just got beat out by 20, 20 year old kids, and I can't, I can't let that happen. You know. So see, that's I don't, what keeps me I don't have that approach. I think like these kids are smart. Like they are. They are way smarter than I was. Like academically for sure I mean I don't know about life but <laughs> academically 100% like I said I didn't have a math teacher to give me the like the foundation for algebra or for any of those things because we just didn't have teachers um, or science you know so absolutely these kids and like I took I had to take EGR 1000 last semester and these kids are like studs studs like I'm like you're programming like what? <laughs> yeah, I met a kid that's graduating, graduating in four years, pretty much unheard of, or at least mm-hmm. for the hard. people I talk to. Yeah. And is graduating debt free. Like just whatever he got from uh, Pell Grant money and working summers and winters and weekends. And I'm like, God damn. Yeah. So, and his, his first job offer, imagine being 22 years old and your first job offer is with like Northrop for $92,000. Like, where do you go from there? <laughs> you just go up. <laughs> when I was 22 years old, I was like making like $6 an hour. If you count it out, I was working like 13 hours a day, you know, but. It's all right. You had free, free living. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you have free gym. <laughs> you have free gym. You have free food. You're good. Um. <laughs> so many universities have uh, like uh, an entity that's called like the Veterans Center or Veteran Resources Center. Um, that's actually how I found uh, both of you through through the our, our veteran resources center, um, what re, uh, what services have you found helpful um, through the center? And is it something that you'd recommend that any veteran who goes to a university would would look into? I mean, yeah, for sure. I pretty much live there. Um, if nothing else, for the the seating and the tables, because if you try to go to the library at noon and find a place to study, like. Good luck unless you're comfortable sitting on somebody's lap. Um, but also everybody there is is like-minded, so that's nice. And um, I mean, I can't speak for every school, but Chafee was awful. And then I get to Cal Poly and like any problem that I have, I bring it up to Kim or Sam and they like snap their fingers and they're like, oh, it's done. Check your login and check it out. It's done. And I'm like, what? Like... Man, you guys are magicians. At uh, at JP, they would have me fill out stacks of paperwork and lose them. It was a lot of nonsense. But yeah, here they they definitely go out of their way to um take good care of us. Um, I definitely recommend it. I think from community college, the services that they had there. I went to Cerritos College. Um, were pretty good. They had like rent. Um, you can check out like calculators, and they have that here too. And um laptops and there they had like a textbook program where if like uh, veterans other veterans who've already taken a class have don't want that book anymore they'll like donate it to the center and then you don't have to like go out and buy new books or whatever that's cool so that was really cool um the environment though at community college was a little bit different i think that 
here I really enjoy I I'm just gonna be weird, but like Betsy probably gonna cringe when I say this. Oh you probably not <laughs> say it then. <laughs> it's like a safe space. It's it's a good atmosphere, not only to meet other veterans, but like, and kind of feel that connection um, that you feel when you're in. Because I feel like a lot of us are also kind of seeking that kind of level of friendship or to be able to say something or make fun of someone yeah. um, and not it be so heavy, right? I think that's a, how we dealt with a lot of the things while we were in a lot of the hardships was like making light of them or making fun of someone. <laughs> so um, I enjoy that. Um, and also it's very supportive. Um, you know, like if you come in and you're like, oh, I just bombed this test or whatever, people are going to be like, all right, but you got the next one. Or if you come in and you're like, hey, I just, you know, I just beat it up. I just killed it. Like they're like, oh, good job. Like let's go get a beer, you know? So I really like that um, environment of having that camaraderie. Do you feel that there have been any any challenges uh, due to being a veteran at a university? I mean, I would say there's more advantages than challenges, but there's some. But uh, the VRC kind of mitigates the main one that I could think of, which is that the way we're used to behaving is socially unacceptable. And the way that we're <laughs> used to speaking to people and interacting is socially unacceptable, especially at a at a public campus. Um, but when you get into that little that little safe space, Ellie, <laughs> it's like a different world in there and everybody kind of speaks your language. Uh, so that, that kind of negates that. And then you walk out and you go, mm -hmm, time to go to class. <laughs> what was the question? Uh, is there any, uh, do you think any disadvantages uh, of being a veteran student? Or, or do you feel... I mean, I guess Esteban's already mentioned that, that I mean, you, you came from this really interesting, crazy environment, and now you're interacting with a lot of people who don't understand that, who have never been part of that. Um, do you feel like that's created any, maybe disadvantage is not the right word. Um, do you feel like that's been an issue in any way? Well, to be honest, I yeah. don't really tell people I'm a veteran. Mm. So I keep that to myself I mean he knows because he sees me at the veteran center but other than that like, people don't know and um, they tell me I look young so they don't even assume that I'm older than them by much um so I I honestly wouldn't know so I don't like I don't have anything that would tell someone no she's a veteran um and I do that maybe maybe a little bit because I feel like it might be a hindrance like it might be a little bit like maybe intimidating to other students yeah um, people get weird when they find out mm -hmm. yeah in what way i don't know they just like we were just getting a lot people have known me for months sometimes and then they find out and and they look at me like a dinosaur or something they're like oh wow you're 27 wow what wait, was wait. it like in the 90s oh wait, wait so the issue is your age not the no both. i would say yeah, <laughs> it kind of comes with it but and then they start asking questions and uh, like they don't understand so I don't want to talk to them about it yeah. I just feel like a like I don't know like a zoo animal or something mm -hmm. and yeah so I definitely wouldn't know if if there were like obstacles from like professors or I, I only mention it like 
if I have to. Like, if I have to, then I'll be like, okay, well, I had to go to the VA. Or, you know, and sometimes you can't miss those appointments because, you know, they won't be available until, like, next month, two months, or whatever the case. So then I, I'll, I'll share that with a professor. But honestly, I don't even think they know what the VA is. They're just like, all right, go to your appointment. <laughs> um, and... Let's see. I think another maybe hindrance is like I'm crazy now, <laughs> whereas before I was normal. And so I have like, you know, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of like these mental health issues um, that now like I'm dealing with as I'm pulling out of that environment. And now I'm having to deal with my emotions. Um, I feel like at least for me, I didn't really deal with my emotions when I was in, because you don't really have time to sit and like ponder, like, how am I feeling today? Or like, you know, you're like, okay, I gotta get this done, this done, this done, this done. And when I get home, like, you know, I wanna sleep or I wanna go out or I, you know, like, I wanna go to the gym. Like, there's really no time for like that kind of self check in to regulate, like, oh, um, did someone just cross my boundaries or did, um, do I feel sad that I'm getting out? You know, there's just like, oh, I'm getting out. What's next? Like, what steps do I need to take? So I think that one of the things now as an adult, as like almost an almost 30 year old, um, it's kind of weird to have to learn how to process those emotions and those like things. Whereas like people are learning that in their like early 20s, right? When I didn't really access that just because I didn't want to sit in that like depression at that time so uh, Ellie you're almost done yes yeah <laughs> what what are your plans uh what's next what's, what's the next, next thing after you get that degree get a job. <laughs> <laughs> um actually uh, right now I have an internship with Moog so um in their on their lean team and um I have I'm looking in the aerospace um, industry and okay. I'm talking to Northrop. Oh, okay. So. Very good. Esteban, is it still too far away to think about what kind of job you want exactly? Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to make it. But if I do, um, yeah, I came for the sole purpose of hopefully one day ending up somehow involved with the, like defense aircraft. I don't know exactly how that's going to work out, but. Um, that's the goal, yeah. Were there any other uh, resources that uh, you found useful um, besides, you know, the, the Veterans Resources Center and, uh, that you'd like to talk about? Uh, yes. So when I made the decision that I was going to go back, go back, when I was made the decision that I was going to go to college um, and quit my job at LA County, which is pr a pretty comfortable position to have because I eventually would have gotten hired on as a full-time employee. Um, I did it because I was confident that I could do school. Um, and that was because I went through Telecoos of, of Veterans Upward Bound. And so what they do is that they offer um, kind of like small classes and like math and English just to kind of get your refresher and also to help you place um, better in the placement tests, like at, at community college or even at universities. Um, and so that helped me kind of see that I could do it because I, again, didn't have the best foundation in math and I was going in to pursue an 
engineering degree. Um, and it, just kind of having, like being able to wet my toes a little bit was was encouraging to be like, oh, okay, yeah, like I could do this. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of Esteban. He's, he's just going to take one trig class, see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? that was it. That was, yeah. But mine was free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Ellie and Esteban, um, uh, one last question for you both. Uh, if there's a veteran out there right now who's listening uh, and they're thinking about maybe going to becoming a student, maybe an engineering student. Um, is there any kind of advice that you would give that person? If if they want to commit to it, they got to know that it's a it's a big time commitment and it's a big effort commitment. Uh, I can't understate that. Like, and we did some some challenging stuff, and and this is definitely up there in terms of stress and uh, definitely like uh, like brain fatigue is a real thing. But if they want to do it, they should give it a try. I mean. I don't think like the self thought of, of I'm not good at math should stop anybody or I'm not book smart like that. You know, I don't think that should stop anybody from trying it. I think I have two things. Like, one, be humble um, because we I think because we're older, we're like, oh, we're older. Like we know more maybe um, or like I have more life experiences. And although that is very true, this is a different experience and an experience in which we're very new at. Yeah. Um, so come in with knowing that, you know, here you don't rate. That's something that we say. Like here you don't rate, you're new. So get with the program kind of a thing and learn that, um, yeah, you, you will learn things and you will be able to guide other people. But when you're coming in, like you don't know anything. So don't think that you know more than others because you probably don't know anything yeah. right um and then another thing would be i feel like a lot of vets at least for my friends um that i know outside of school they kind of have this idea of like oh i don't want to sit behind a, a desk or i don't want to like it's going to make them less of a veteran or less of whatever they think that it will make them less of. And I think that's um, kind of silly because like you've already done it. Like you already earned that. You've already established that you could do that. And for the rest of your life, like don't you want like an easier life? Like having an easy life is not a bad thing, you know? And I'm not saying that school is easy. I'm just saying that it sets you up to have a more comfortable life, right? Like um, instead of like, you know, maybe if, if this is what you want and this is like the kind of life that you would want, then don't be afraid to say that because like, I don't want a hard life for the rest of my life. Like I want to take trips to Europe, to Asia, to, you know, I want to live a lavish life and that's okay. Like I don't have to suffer my whole life just because um, I was in the Marine Corps, you know? So I feel like sometimes from speaking to my friends, um, they are like, oh, well, I don't want to apply for that job because they just sit at a desk and that's so boring. And yeah, it, it, it might be boring, but also like allow yourself that opportunity to have that experience to see if you actually wouldn't like it because you just might not know. Maybe you do like it. Maybe it's dynamic and fun and different in a, in a way you didn't expect. And, 
you know, you find yourself being fulfilled in a way you didn't expect. But now you also have time to spend with your family. And now you have money to take them out on trips and make those really good memories. So I think that would be my second advice. Like, stop trying to live a hard life. You already did that. <laughs> she brought up a really good point. I, I, I think it's worth reiterating that um, uh, your, your military experience doesn't count. Like, nobody cares about that in college. And so don't, don't go to college thinking that because you've been in the military, like, you're going to get away with anything or stuff is going to be easy or because it's not. Um, but if you see yourself like an end goal and then this is the road that you got to take to get there, then they should give it a try. Well, Ellie and Esteban, thank you so much for being open and willing to talk about all your experiences, about your, your, about your past and your, your current thoughts and where you're at. Um, and you know, thank you for your service. It's always an awkward question. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a question, though. <laughs> or an awkward statement. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Eli Sanchez and Esteban Alderete for sharing their experiences of what it's like to be an engineering student who also is a veteran. I hope that any veterans out there who are listening to this episode and thinking about going to college for an engineering degree will realize that it's definitely possible and that there are resources available to help. In the show notes, I've placed a couple links. The first link is for the Telecoup Veterans Upper Bound Program, which Ellie mentioned provides free college preparation courses for veterans. And the second link is for the Cal Poly Pomona Veterans Resource Center. While each university will provide a different set of services for veterans, reviewing the Cal Poly Pomona Veterans Resource Center website will give you a pretty good idea of the services that are typically provided to veterans at a university. And before I go, I'd like to mention that if you're enjoying this podcast, there are a few ways to support it. You can subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, and many others. You can rate the podcast and leave comments on whatever app you use to listen to the podcast. And finally, you can help spread the word about the podcast by telling your friends and family or anyone else you think might be interested in this podcast. If you have any comments about the episode, feel free to email me at tesepodcast at gmail.com and I will place the email address in the show notes. I will personally read each email and try my best to respond to them all. Take care, everyone. And goodbye for now.